each business is unique and operated individually of others in the same industry. What they have in common is the potential path to success. Welcome to The Second Stage with your hosts, Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. In today's program, we'll address the obstacles that many businesses find on that path to success and discuss what entrepreneurs and their businesses are doing to stay ahead of the curve. Now, here is Brendan Anderson and Jeffrey Cadlick. Hello, everybody. I'm Brendan Anderson, and excited to be here to talk about entrepreneurship. And I'm Jeffrey Cadlick, and we're the hosts of the new show, The Second Stage. Hey, uh, Brendan, we are uh, new hosts here, so we're going to be making a lot of mistakes today, right? Yeah, we, uh, we're pretty good at the mistake side. But, you know, on uh, entrepreneurship, that's what it's all about, is uh, pushing yourself personally and professionally and taking it to the next level, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. We've got that part so, down. So during the inaugural episode here, we'll discuss the importance of entrepreneurship in America, define second stage, and highlight topics to be discussed on future shows such as financials and reporting, the importance of strategic planning, valuation, and value creation, human resources, and really anything and everything we see as best practices for small businesses today. We, uh, Jeff and I are doing this. We're very passionate about this space, and the one thing that we've learned over the past 20 years or, or more is really that uh, the best place for entrepreneur, entrepreneurs to learn is from other entrepreneurs. So our goal with this show is to create an entrepreneurial forum, the forum where entrepreneurs share best practices, ideas, and quite frankly, encouragement. After all, there's no reason for entrepreneurs to recreate the wheel. Most of these problems have already been solved in the past. So in addition to our personal passion for entrepreneurship, it also happens to be vital to the overall economy, job growth, and innovation. I have a report here in front of me sponsored by the Edward Lau Foundation that shows just how significant the niche, this niche is to the overall economy. Uh, it states here – let me see – it states that in 2012, second-stage companies made up 33 percent of all jobs in the United States, or about 60,475,000 jobs, compared to what I would call the more corporate jobs, which they call second stage in the report, uh, or those companies that have at least 500 employees. But what they say is that they have about 16 percent of the total jobs compared to the 33 of second stage companies, and that makes up about 30 million jobs total. So this niche is twice as large from a jobs perspective than the corporate world and, in fact, is the largest niche of job creators in the United States. So it is vital to our economy. So why do we call the show the second stage? Well, we are believers and advocates of startups and venture capital type businesses, but our true passion lies with helping small and proven businesses reach their potential and possibly scale into much larger businesses, and those small companies are the focus of this show. So how do we define second-stage companies? Well, for starters, they're no longer concerned about survival and have proven that they deserve to exist because they successfully and, important, profitably sell their product or service in the market in which they compete. So these are not new venture businesses. I'd say the typical profile of the business we're talking about would be 3 to $10 million in annual revenue at least 500,000 in operating cash flow, 20 to 50 employees, and really many of these companies still rely much on their founders for their success. But Brendan, these are pretty generic descriptions of what we're talking about. Second stage businesses can be bigger 
or smaller and may have other characteristics that fit our definition of second stage. That's absolutely right, Jeff. And I think it's important to realize that these are successful businesses. I mean, you mentioned a three to ten million dollar business, a half a million dollars of free cash flow, I mean, twenty to fifty employees. These are successful businesses. But what really gives the business the feel of a second stage is how the decisions are made. Uh, most of these companies are really still the extension of the founder, the owner, meaning that most of the uh, owners are making the are still making all the decisions on a daily basis or at least a weekly basis. They're really keeping their pulse and fingers on the business. And this we found can really grow until the company or this can really happen until the company reaches 20 to 50 employees really depending upon the management skill set and the energy of the owner Um, they manage by knowing everyone obviously the entrepreneur loses this ability once once there's too many people to communicate with Um, really decision making in businesses like this um, they really need to, to change to grow we will cover a lot of topics in this ep- episodes, but suffice it to say, there are very few, probably less than 5% of the total business population that really do have the value proposition to scale and grow. Um, and, and that's only if, quite frankly, they take the necessary steps to improve. Regardless of whether a company chooses to scale into second stage, there's still lots of room for improvement, which, which should make the company more valuable, uh, more fun to, uh, to, to run, and, uh, and be more fulfilling to the entrepreneur, the business owners, and quite frankly, the, uh, the employees. So, uh, Brennan, I got to tell you that 5% is kind of a discouraging number in terms of the total companies that have the opportunity to scale. Uh, that would seem surprisingly low to most people. Well, as you know, Jeff, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Um, this is really, really hard. Uh, secondly, most companies uh, grow out really just because the, the owners and the employees um, just out-hustle their competitors. They, uh, they just provide great service, which is, which is hard to scale. But most companies stop there. To grow a company beyond the 20 to 50 employees, the company must create processes that deliver the value without the entrepreneur's real active involvement. This is hard for entrepreneurs as changing this will fundamentally threats possibly the future of the business. Um, this will require entrepreneurs to commit to doing something outside of their comfort zone and will most likely, re- most likely reduce the cash flow of the business as they're investing in it in the short term. Investments in people, systems, and other infrastructure will be required. This investment – effectively comes right out of the pocket of the business owner as they're the, as the, as they're the one that typically is the beneficiary of the free cash flow. Also, many business owners are comfortable. I mean, we just discussed earlier, Jeff. I mean, we, you know, these companies are, you know, have, have a half a million dollars of free cash flow. Uh, the, the, company, the owners are comfortable, and, um, and, they're, and they're pretty good at hustling, hustling for their customers. Uh, managing the same business day in, day out, while difficult – um, is manageable, um, but by adding, but when the customer or when a uh, entrepreneur decides to go after new employees, customers, new financing uh, for a growing company, it, it can be and often is very overwhelming. Well, I mean, so if it is hard and it is overwhelming, why don't people get help? And where would you suggest they go to get help? Again, very good question, Jeff. In summary, I offer two pieces of advice. First, start making your plan and taking action. Jeff, as you know, I'm not really a good golfer, and quite frankly, I don't put a whole lot of effort into it. But I do uh, – but for some godforsaken reason, I have high expectations, and I keep taking that same stupid swing. And amazingly, almost all the time, I'm disappointed in, resu- in the results. And so it really is about creating the plan and, and, and trying to work it through. And secondly, this is a really a long-term invest- investment. Um, remember, you, you know, the – 
it's, it's really about chasing the destination. And if you love it, the journey will be the reward. So by far, the best resource I've found, and we have looked all over the all over the country, is our groups like the Young Presidents Organization, the Young Entrepreneurs Organization, which I've been an active member of for the last 12 years. Uh, YEO has subsequently dropped the Y because they've come to the conclusion that old guys like me like to be entrepreneurs also. And Vistage, uh, where, where it really is a group of entrepreneurs sharing best practices with other entrepreneurs. Um, the, the great thing about these groups is there's lots and lots of ideas. The bad thing is that they, that you really need to go out there and implement them, and uh, which means that you may have to develop that new golf swing, which, as you know, Jeff, I've uh, been trying for a long time. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and there's another option. There's there's certainly no shortage of co- of consultants out out there. Smaller uh, for smaller businesses, I've not found this to be horribly effective. These folks can be expensive, and it takes time to give the consultants a fair shot. I mean, after all, they do need to learn your business. Sadly, what what usually causes the problem is the ADD entrepreneurs like me don't see results in a couple months and they cut bait. So if you do go this route, uh, it will take much longer than you think. Another uh, avenue out there are these uh, state and federal programs that uh, you know groups like the Small Business Administration, the SBA. And overall, again, I put a pretty low rating on these as, the, as I view it as a, as a large misallocation of funds and other resources. These programs are expensive and time-consuming, and I often find that these, these businesses with solid business plans don't really need these things to succeed, these, these programs to succeed. Uh, and these also and these programs also don't have that entrepreneurial support that I've grown accustomed to and love so much. Uh, so the challenge at the end of the day for most small business owners is this time, which they don't have, capital, which they don't have the proper systems or business plans to raise, and people, quite frankly, people that are just waiting for that entrepreneur to tell them what to do. And that's the, those are the problems. Wow. Uh, <laughs> uh, based on what you just told me, I kind of feel like we should all just throw in the towel. Uh, are you going to tell me that hope springs eternal here? No way. I'm going to tell you that this is all manageable and the process to move beyond the second stage is about committing to doing it. It doesn't happen overnight. Overnight, But most important, it's just getting started. I would ask the entrepreneurs to create a plan and take action, but you got to start right now. Well, that brings us back to the format of the show. Remember, the goal is that we'll have a forum here. Brent and I want to share our experiences and offer actionable advice. Having said that, we always tell our partner companies that we do not have a lock on all the great answers, and we always seek a better way, whether it comes from us or from other source. We do not care. We want to learn, too. So this show will be discussing topics relevant to running, growing, and transforming your business and helping you get in the right mindset to get started. We will strive to provide actionable advice each week and continue the dialogue through comments and questions on our blog at evolutioncp.com. We want to hear from you, what works and what doesn't. We want to create a true community of entrepreneurs helping entrepreneurs. We can also email us at the second stage at evolutioncp.com or call us on our phone at 866 472 5790, that's 866 472 5790. If you'd like to volunteer to the community your experiences and solutions, or importantly, just ask questions. So, Brendan, real quickly here, because we're running out of time, why is it so hard for small business owners to get started implementing these important changes? It seems that for motivated owners, uh, this would be easy to get, uh, to get, to get rolling here. 
I love that question, Jeff. And quite frankly, we, um, almost all entrepreneurs ask that question. You know, why am why why don't I do this? And you know, really, the the first thing is there's only 24 hours in a day, as we discussed earlier. Um, this, these entrepreneurs are really making all the strategic customer pricing, funding, and other decisions in the businesses. Um, most owners are not comfortable with delegating uh, important duties to others. And, you know, first of all, they're control freaks, right? But lastly, they, they ultimately don't have the trust in the, org- that the, organization, in the organization to make those decisions for them. Um, I just really believe the company will never reach its potential, let alone grow unless the owner starts holding people accountable within the organization and putting a system in place that communicates with, with employees about standards and expectations. Secondly, it's really about changing employees' behaviors. I mean it's, it's really about getting them to, uh, to you know, follow the values and the vision of the business so they don't have to come to you for these answers. And I just laugh every time I go to an EO or an entrepreneurial event, um, the entrepreneurs are sitting there taking copious notes and they're committed to implementing these best practices. And energy levels are, you know, at an all-time high, and they're ready to to leave and just, you know, go tackle the world. But then, and then reality strikes, and they walk back into their companies, and they get hit with all the same questions, problems, and customers' requests. So eventually, an entrepreneur loses their energies and falls right back on that treadmill, and that treadmill of that daily business of servicing that of the customer. And after all, it's that treadmill that really does pay the bills, and so it's an important thing. Uh, I can go on for days here. Thir- thirdly, um, you know, you really got to have a plan. If you don't know where you're going to go, if you don't know where you're headed, the probability of getting there is, uh, I guess, you can end up anywhere. Um, the, the business owners living a 24-hour or weekly cycle is not able to get off the treadmill to develop, develop and communicate the plan. I mean, you know, you got to ask yourself, what are your annual goals, your five-year goals? What are you trying to create? You trying to have something that to hand over to your children, what's really going to make you happy? Are you looking for that big payday? What's important? What's important is to ask these questions, and will ultimately um, affect where you know what you do and where the what how you decide to plan your days, weeks, and months ahead. Yeah, um, and then and then and then capital, Jeff. I mean, I you know uh, if if uh, you know if you don't if. Um, if you know, these small business owners are, are literally maxed out, I mean, they they are they're they're personally guaranteed, and there's a lot of pressure when you've got the financial responsibility and welfare of the of the families of your employee base. Um, well, Brennan, as we all know, you can go on for for days and days on entrepreneurship, and I, that's I, why I, feel, you're an I, I still have five or six more points, but I'll stop. Go ahead. <laughs> so what we're going to do here is we're going to take our first break in our first segment of our first show. Congratulations, Brendan. Well done. And when we get back, we're going to continue the discussion here on the second stage. So thanks for tuning in, and we'll uh, talk to you after, after this. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. How can we Americans realize our dreams to earn a living? How can you pursue your dream and make money as an owner or an employee? Learn how at The American Business Person, the online weekly radio talk show hosted by Rich Killian. Today's business leaders share how to succeed and what fails. If you own a new or established business or ever hope to, you must tune in. Join us every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Central, and noon Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Or listen on demand to our archived shows. Is your business model robust enough? In today's ever-changing business environment, people are working to transform themselves, their futures, and their business. 
Tune in to Business Reinvention with your host, Nancy Lynn. To stay ahead of the game in business, you have to constantly reinvent yourself and your organization. With Nancy's experience and that of her guest experts, you'll learn from stories of inspiration, innovation, and forward thinking. Listen for Business Reinvention, live every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Business Channel. In sales, are you a lion or a vulture? Lions don't wait, they just go for it. Vultures hang around until the lions are finished and just pick up the scraps. How can you set yourself apart as a lion? Join the other aspiring sales lions and listen to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with host Ty Maynard. You'll learn the tips and strategies of top sales professionals. You'll gain more clients at a faster rate and at higher margins. If you're a sales professional, business owner, or executive, listen in every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to The Second Stage. To reach the hosts or their guests today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to thesecondstage at evolutioncp.com. Now, back to Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. Well, welcome back to the show, The Second Stage. Uh, this is a new show and we're new hosts. And uh, in the first segment, we actually didn't finish uh, according to our notes. So we're going to go back uh, and, and complete what we were talking about because Brennan was on a roll there. And um, <laughs> he had kind of gone through some important points about uh, you know what these entrepreneurs are, are dealing with, with with their businesses. And, and it really gets back to what this show is all about. It's sharing the best practices and ideas so that other small businesses you know can learn from from each other you know success will be different for every business owner regardless of industry many folks are simply looking for the right work life balance others are looking for that life changing financial payout at the end of their career you know we would be talking to those people that are working in large corporation that may be considering a change into either starting or buying or being a part of a small business in fact we're not necessarily just talking to small business owners of small businesses. We're really talking to anybody that works in a small business. I mean, the beauty of a small business versus a large one is that everyone in a small business is in position to create change. So, Brendan, what I love about this show is that we're talking to such a broad number of topics and talking to such a large number of people about content that's relevant to them. I mean, the more people that get engaged, the more effective this show can be as a forum to do better for your small business. As you know, I've been at this entrepreneurial stuff for a very, very long period of time, and, and I'm still learning and improving, and I love it. I mean, it's a continual process that's never conquered, and to me, that's what makes it so much fun. Every new piece of technology, changes in laws, competitive dynamics, improvements in measuring performance, cultural changes, all that stuff gets it needs to be assimilated into new solutions to address challenges facing many small business owners. Jeff, as you said, this is a forum, and we want it to be to find the best solutions for today's situations. We encourage listeners to continue to discuss the discussion during the following show at our blog site, which can be found at evolutioncp.com. Alternatively, you can contact us at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. 
Okay, so on the show, you know, we're defining small business owners as second stage companies and not as startups. You know, second stage companies are companies that are established businesses that are profitable. They can come in all shapes and sizes, but tend to have revenues in the three to ten million dollar range and twenty to fifty uh, employees. Um, as we move into you know a new topic here, um, you, you, we want to talk about our path into entrepreneurship and how we came together to start a company called Evolution Capital Partners, which candidly ranked 197 out of 500 in Inc. 500 this year. It's an accomplishment you know that you and I, Brendan, are, are very very proud of. So what I want you to do now, Brendan, is kind of share your path to entrepreneurship. And I'm not talking about starting where when you were born. I'm talking about starting possibly in, in, after. In Arizona. I was born in Arizona on Air Force yeah. Base. Oh, I can't start there? <laughs> no, right, good enough. We only have an hour on the show. So okay. why don't you start from from after college and kind of walk us through some of your wonderful stories? I would like to start after college, but as you know, I can't. Um, my uh, Actually, I grew up in a, an entrepreneurial family or a small business uh, family. My father uh, had a, a rose growing operation in Ohio, and I was all, I always knew I wanted to be or at least believed I wanted to be in a small business. I loved the, the impact they made on the communities and, and uh, quite frankly, the lifestyle that they could create if they were run correctly. Um, at the time, I suspect I didn't fully understand the pressures that the owners and uh, uh, that were under at the time. You know, I uh, like uh, like Jeff. I started my business career in uh, banking in Chicago, and I loved working with these small businesses. I was always, uh, I guess, frustrated and always a little surprised at how, when I would walk into these small businesses, they they really couldn't deliver me the information that I needed to to really give them the loans that they were asking for. And I just felt that there was just there was certain things that if they did, which 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 from my perspective. Uh, wasn't a big ask, would really position them in a much better spot to get the capital they needed and, quite frankly, reduce their personal risk. Um, I, I love telling the story. I was uh, blessed to have a group of, of customers. I mean these guys uh, just happened to be Polish. Some were tradesmen and machinists and just they, uh, they had just a large group of businesses. And they were always uh, – these people were truly passionate about business. And I would remember as a probably 24, 25-year-old lending officer walking into their conference rooms and they would be planning out a business and, and, and just they often drinking warm vodka and having a, a great time. Uh, but they would – the, the detail they would put into it and the amount of support they put into it uh, just it was it was it was enlightening um, they would support these companies with you know they would shared facilities assistance experts uh, sales help I mean it, it literally was a, a community a, a community effort uh, to to launch these businesses uh, and many of them turned into wonderful wonderful companies you know some of them were, uh, were 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 spectacular failures failures and you always learn more than you know from the failures than you do from the winners but uh, in other in other words I really saw how these guys were doing it and, and I really wanted to do it myself so, Jeff, I know you, this probably doesn't come as a big surprise, but uh, I really didn't fit into the bank culture. No way. It's true. It's true. I, uh, <laughs> I, I think I made it six years, and they eventually said, said I had to get out of here. So in 1995, at the age of 29, with some backing from those wonderful customers, and quite frankly, my, my bank boss was, uh, was probably one of the biggest supporters, I jumped into entrepreneurship. My goal was to purchase a company and really just figure out how to run, how to run the thing and, uh, and, and learn how to implement those best practices and, and quite frankly, make some money. Um, and, 
as I quickly found out in 90, and I mentioned in 95, I jumped out and it was easier said than done. I did some uh, small jobs for some private equity funds in Cleveland and Chicago just to pay the bills. Uh, in 95, I was married. I had no kids and my wife had a good job. And then, uh, uh, so, you know, it was, I kind of had this, this opportunity to do this in uh, 1996, with the help of, again, of these, uh, these bank customers, I purchased a, uh, bank, a bankrupt industrial park uh, near Chicago. You know, and looking back on it now, I, 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 it was just a crazy project. The park had uh, eight banks, an insurance company, and uh, they had issued some, some special service area bonds to uh, about 100 investors um, that, that, uh, that all had claims in the park. And um, with the help of the, these uh, – these, I literally, I remember my dad saying, go, go spend your time on something you could possibly get done. And, and my dad is uh, one of my, my favorite, uh, my favorite uh, advisors. But uh, um, so really my goal was to figure out a way to get rid of these debts. There was about $28 million of the claims and uh, uh, with the help of – with the same type of help that these, uh, that these uh, investors have kind of surrounded me with distressed debt buyers and restructuring people and we really uh, – we wiped out 100 percent of the claims on the park and – I look back on that and can't believe it actually happened. Uh, but really, that was the that was the project that kept me independent. You know, I suspect if that one hadn't worked, I probably would be uh, would be back being a banker. Um, but, but you but you went on and you bought other businesses and you know ended up with a portfolio of a number of businesses, some of which were startups and some of which were more developed. But in in all cases, you were kind of providing the financing and the backbone for. Uh, you know, making the businesses move. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. But when I say that it was the, the project that kept me independent, that gave me money to do something. So, you know, by 1997, my uh, my wife uh, had we had just had twins. Um, the the industrial park. You know, I had a little money from the industrial park, but I was really looking for a for a company to buy. And it's fair to say that uh, Marty and I, my wife Marty, had uh, uh, many conversations about me just going to get a job. And, was alcohol uh, involved in that conversation? Uh, yeah, th- those were the good ones. Um, but uh, <laughs> after <laughs> those, the good conversations. No, I, kidding. But uh, you know, it, they were very stressful, as you can imagine. And I'm sure you know. We'll look forward to you know talking about your stuff, your background. But um, you know, after three years of being out there, it was really in 1998 that myself and uh, and, uh, and a partner we purchased a manufacturing business in the Cleveland area that we manufacture air intake and exhaust for for large vehicles. And you know, I literally threw myself in there and realized how quickly I didn't know all the things I thought I knew. And um, and just you know, we were we were servicing the big heavy heavy truck companies, and the margins were thin. And it, and just we really you know had to get out and innovate and try to figure a way to drive the margins higher. And right. uh, so it was, uh, you know, and then I, you know, in 90 and uh, uh, pretty quickly in, uh, in probably 99, myself and a group, another group of guys started a little bank west of Chicago. But um, as you know, Jeff, I can talk for days and days and days. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but you killed this segment, too. So yeah, I know. I I know. Do... But, but let me let me let me finish with one thing, because, you know, I, okay. is, is really it was in 2001 that uh, I joined the, this. I mentioned earlier the uh, the entrepreneurs organization. And it was really in 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 joining that and following these best practices that really gave me the you know excitement and courage to uh, to kind of, quite frankly, team up with you. Uh, and, and I'm going to get into that as soon as you. And that took a lot of courage. That took that a, took lot, a of lot of courage. All right. So let me 
let, let me do this. Let me do a little shout out for our sponsor, and then we're going to roll out of this second segment, and we'll come back, and, and I'll make my, my history uh, much more brief, and it's Never. probably le- less exciting than yours anyway. So I, I'd like to give a shout out to McGladry uh, LLP. It's the leading U.S. provider of assurance, tax, consulting services focused on the middle market and small businesses. With more than 6,700 people and 75 cities nationwide, so I want to thank them very much for their support. And we will uh, move along uh, to our um, our next break, and we'll be back in just a few minutes. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Are you an entrepreneur that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways? Listen for Be More, Achieve More, inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind. With host Chris Cooper, you'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. These people are making a difference and will help give you the motivation and insight to achieve more. Be More, Achieve More can be heard live Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Time Management. We all talk about it. We constantly work on it. And we all wonder what more we could be doing. Take Charge of Your Productivity identifies the 10 key elements that are part of the focus for high performers. It then integrates energy management into the time management equation. Tune in for insightful interviews, key strategies, and tips to help you create the balance you crave and deserve. Join Penny Zinker as she presents Take Charge of Your Productivity on Monday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. How do you feel about the future? Tune in each week for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. You can be a great leader by learning from the inspiring stories of amazing visionaries who are shaping our future. Everyone deserves to create their own vision, and Kate and her guests will share the tools that you need to make it happen. Make a weekly visit to the Voice America Business Channel for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Be inspired. Become inspiring. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. You are tuned in to The Second Stage. To reach the hosts or their guests today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to thesecondstage at evolutioncp.com. Now, back to Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. Okay, well, welcome back to the show, The Second Stage. This is uh, a new show, as we've talked about, and we're really spending this time explaining what this show is about and setting the stage for future episodes. Uh, you know, in this first segment here, we've defined what small businesses are and why we call them second stage companies. And in the second segment, you know, we as the host, you know, we're talking about our own path through entrepreneurship and, and how we came to make the decision to start our company, Evolution Capital Partners. My partner, Brendan, uh, you know, went through his his background and I thought we'd start off this section by me kind of quickly going through through my background, and then we'll we'll get into how we made the decision to to start with with evolution. And 
and, and continue to share our stories. So, you know, my path to entrepreneurship is a little bit more circuitous uh, route than even Brennan's, if that's believable at all. Uh, you know, like Brennan, I did start in commercial lending in Chicago at a bank that's now a part of Bank of America called LaSalle Bank. And it was a great place to work because they really invested a lot in their people and really fostered an environment where taking calculated risks was encouraged. So looking back on it now, that is where uh, what I call corporate entrepreneurship. That's where my corporate entrepreneurship experience began. And it began because at LaSalle, they, they didn't give new loan officers territories in a book of business. They said, go find a deal. Uh, not having grown up in Chicago and having no network at all except for the ba band of drunks I hung out with on the weekend, uh, I knew I was not going to find anything in Chicago on my own. So wh what I did was look all the way over to the state of Ohio. Now, mind you, at the time, LaSalle had offices in Chicago and Milwaukee, and now you had uh, someone in their early 20s running around the Ohio countryside trying to drum up business. Importantly, though, my activities were sanctioned by my boss at LaSalle, so I wasn't out there and nobody knew what I was doing, which was, uh, which was good. So anyway, um, to me, this was entrepreneurship, introducing a new company and a brand and a new market. You know, thankfully, I was comfortable being on the road in new towns and meeting people came naturally to me. And candidly, I attribute that to me moving nine times before I went to college uh, when I was growing up. Uh, which is a whole other story. But anyway, uh, what I realized was that each major market in Ohio had several large competitive institutional banks. So, for, in, in, for example, in Columbus, you had Bank One and Huntington as the leading banks. And Lord knows they didn't want to share loans and business with each other for fear of losing it. So along comes a kid, me, from this unheard of bank in Chicago, willing to share in the loan so that the incumbent bank didn't have to take all the risk on their own. Uh, this was called a bank syndication, by the way. So in my first year, I got four loans done, and my peers were still trolling around Chicago trying to make something happen against very long odds because not only were they competing against other banks, but they're also competing against other lenders within LaSalle Bank. Um, you know, This hustle and entrepreneurial style caught the attention of the folks at Prudential Capital Group who had an office in Chicago and needed someone who had a network in Ohio to manage a portfolio and business development. You know, Prudential was also a great organization teeming with tremendous amount of talent, and they also invested heavily in their employees. Candidly, I was a little over my head, believe it. And uh, my peer group all had MBAs from, from top schools. Uh, I had just started my MBA part-time at Kellogg and would be at least a couple of years before I'd finish it. The only thing I knew I had was this energy to make something happen. And Prudential had a huge amount of resources, both capital and professionals, to help me make it happen. So just like at LaSalle, I was able to find a need which primarily focused on bringing Prudential's impeccable name and deep resources to support middle market private equity funds who could control the investors in the companies they invested in. Essentially, they could uh, allow me to shoehorn myself, uh, if you will, into investments with companies they invested in primarily because of the resources and certainly I had to be competitive. But this is really the first time, certainly in Ohio, that Prudential was targeting private equity funds on a programmatic basis to get into investments. In both of these cases at LaSalle and Prudential in a corporate environment, I was able to have uh, the flexibility to change the game to my advantage and get results quickly. Uh, and, and this is really a lot of what I think entrepreneurship is about. 
I finally turned my attention to working on private equity exclusively with middle market private equity funds uh, in in 2000, and had a good and I worked for a fund that really had a good formula for targeting businesses with 50 to 100 million of revenue. But I remember them saying they would never consider investing in businesses under 35 million of revenue because the partners believed that those companies didn't yet have the infrastructure to be successful businesses for private equity. But then, like most funds, they would go and overpay in highly competitive auction situations uh, in good companies that were large. And only then did the relationship begin with management, and it was only at the strategic and the board level. And to me, you know, that was not uh, as fulfilling uh, as, as, as I wanted. So during the same time, you know, I was seeing great opportunities uh, with small companies, and, and they were second-stage companies. And they could not find funding in large part due to the size biases that the partners at larger funds, you know, had. So, Brendan, really, this is the point at which you and I started kicking around our observations uh, about the market. And, and this was really kind of the years up leading up to when we started Evolution. Well, and I think the most exciting thing, Jeff, it was fun to listen to your background, was is the, the, the dynamics that you identified way back in the, in, the 19, in the 1990s and then obviously the early 2000s about where – the, the, the mass institutional money has gone is actually getting worse. I mean the, the fact of the matter is that those – there's so much money chasing those bigger companies that, the, that they continue to get – go after bigger and bigger companies. So this, you know, this really has turned out to be you know, a wonderful spot for us. But it is, it is fun because, I mean, if you think about – after listening to Jeff's background and mine, I'm uh, uh, very uh, – I had kind of been in the middle of small businesses trying to create startups and that sort of thing, and Jeff uh, came out of a, you know, of a pretty – of a pretty large, for me, institutional uh, background, and I always love to tell Jeff he, you know, came from, he's uh, the institutional partner without the uh, without the gray bars. I'm sorry, Jeff, I had to go with that one, the, <laughs> the jail. And uh, but um, you know, I, I think it's I think I think the, the the moral the reason we tell you this background and the reason we'll go into this next piece is really to to just encourage entrepreneurs to kind of keep dreaming and keep planning and never give up. And I guess I, I just go to uh, when uh, Jeff and I a uh, long time ago, uh, Jeff and I would play paddle tennis and drink beer and uh, and it was really sitting there listening to him talk about uh, about. You know what he was doing during his day versus what I was doing, and I was like, you know, I knew I needed help, and um, it was really kind of creating a business plan um, that, that didn't. That probably Jeff, I know in hindsight, probably uh, we we should have put a whole lot more effort into the plan. <laughs> There's no question about that. I mean, I go back to me was the size bias point that I made earlier. You know, large investor did not want to fuss with these companies because they lacked the management depth and resources and infrastructure and all that sort of stuff that we've talked about uh, that larger businesses already had. But what if investors could either fund that infrastructure build or provide the resources and really a roadmap for scale to businesses that really had already proven to be successful? You know, we needed to put in processes and procedures to leverage the time and energy of the founder who is always maxed out in the businesses that, that they own. And, of course, that's how we say it today, and I think maybe that was in the back of our minds you know, eight years ago, but it certainly wasn't on the forefront of our minds in 2005. 
to put things in perspective, when uh, you know Jeff left uh, kind of with a large, a large institution, and, and we did our startup and we rented uh, rented a facility here. The the only furniture that we had was a folding <laughs> chair and a uh, and a card table. And I I literally thought Jeff was going to have a heart attack and die when he first walked in, looking at the uh, the the new offices of his of his startup. And thank, Jeff, I thank guess God I for that defibrillator on the wall. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, that was uh, that was when entrepreneurship kind of reached up and grabbed you. But I think, and and I and I have to chuckle about the difference between um, you know, a, a person like, like Jeff was dealing with some pretty big numbers, and I I have to chuckle the uh, the first time you know he wrote a check. He told me he wrote a check and it was about fifteen hundred dollars, and I told him I said Jeff. It's not about fifteen hundred. I need to know exactly how much money was, and uh, and then by the same breath he flips around and we were working on on the reporting that we needed to be able to communicate to investors and he was telling me that I needed to to uh, log certain uh, deals and I just remember looking at him going God this is the dumbest thing in the world and now I look at it and understand that it's the met it's those metrics that are really driving the decisions we're making today. Yeah, and, and you know it, it, it's an interesting dynamic because you know uh, you know Brendan is is the entrepreneur uh, out of the, out of this group, and I'm still got my training wheels on. You know, I came from more of a professional manager background, and it's that yin and yang that really works at Evolution today. You know, some of the examples that he was using uh, just there, I think, highlight you know how different we are. But I think the combination of the two makes us a good team, and it really it. it it, it kind of trickles all the way down to the investment decisions that we make. We invest with entrepreneurs, but they need the support of professional managers in a lot of instances, you know, to ultimately be, you know, successful. It really is those. It, it's it's been it's been wonderful because uh, it, you know without without being able to put the package, put the process together, which Jeff does a wonderful job at. Uh, and then obviously we, we've got to, we've got to, we've got to find great entrepreneurs and back them. Um, it, it really is the whole package. And, and hopefully over the coming weeks, we can explain, uh, give more examples and get, get some feedback from everybody out there as to, uh, you know, to, uh, to other ways to bring that expertise to your organization. So. So in, in the final segment of the show, we're going to talk a little bit more about how Evolution Capital Partners is a second-stage company just like you. We're, we're suffering through a lot of the challenges and looking for the same solutions that you are. And hopefully through an exchange of ideas on this show, you know, we will come to solutions that allow us to, to move faster. And so remember, as I said, this is a forum. This, this show will be more effective and powerful if folks contribute their experiences and ideas. We invite you to continue the discussion you know, from each week's show on our blog, which can be found at evolutioncp.com. You can email us at the second stage at evolutioncp.com or even call us at 866-472-5790 or, uh, or that's 866-472-5790. We want to hear from you because being an effective small business owner is a continual path. And as your host, we have a lot of experience, but we don't have all the answers. And we are here to learn just like we hope you listeners are too. So with that, uh, we are going to roll into uh, our, our final break, and then we're going to come back and, and finish out our first show of the second stage. Thanks for tuning in, folks. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
Tune in every week for the Ellis Martin Report. Our program will bring you the news and information that you need each week. We look at publicly traded small and mid-cap companies from a variety of sectors. We'll talk to key people in the industry to bring you the foreground and background of new and -and up-and-comers for potential investment. Please remember, invest only at your own risk. The Ellis Martin Report is meant for information purposes only. Tune in every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answers Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. What does conscious leadership mean to you? It unites organizations instead of dividing them. By exploring commonly based business challenges, it guarantees an increase in your bottom line. Tune in to Minding Our Business, Creating a Spiritual Economy with your host, Nadine Rogers. Each week, we'll hear from business leaders and learn from their strategies. We'll talk about personal and organizational best practices that you can learn from, and we'll hear from you. Minding Our Business airs live Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. You are tuned in to The Second Stage. To reach the hosts or their guests today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to thesecondstage at evolutioncp.com. Now, back to Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. Welcome back uh, to The Second Stage. Uh, this is Jeff Cadlick, and i got my partner on the line here, Brendan Anderson. Can you say hello, Brendan? Hello, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for tuning into the second stage, uh, a new show about small business best practices. Uh, you know, now that we've defined the second stage and shared our personal stories and professional stories and why we are so passionate about entrepreneurship, you know, w- we thought we'd dive briefly into the evolution of evolution in this last segment using our own company as today's case study uh, as we're in the exact same position as as many of you sit today and remember if you have any questions now or in following shows you can email the second stage at evolutioncp.com or call us at 866-472-5790 or even blog on our site at evolutioncp.com after the show and we need to hear from you for this show to be as great as we know it can be. So, Brendan, why don't you uh, kind of walk us through again, you know, how we went from that early stage startup into, you know, uh, what we affectionately call the evolution of evolution? Yeah, I, I mean, Jeff, I remember the, uh, the, the obviously the big event was uh, was making our first uh, uh, deal with a partner who a guy's name is Gene Marino and in, in a company called Interpack, who and Gene is actually now a partner of, of uh, Evolution. But it really was kind of getting that first one under our belt and, uh, and and you know kind of starting to learn about what we like to do and what what we felt we the value we could add and so forth. And um, it was uh, it, it was. 
it was really after the second deal, Jeff, if you remember, um, really kind of sitting down with, uh, with, with our advisors and, and, and just really trying to decide what we, where, we, where we wanted to be, the space we wanted to operate in and where we felt we could ask them, uh, add the most value. Yeah, and, and really, and, yeah, I mean, you know, I think, you know, what we realized that time is we were so focused on building our business and so focused on the transaction that we hadn't really slowed down to think about, you know, our own value proposition and and what we were, you know, what we were and should be delivering to the businesses. And I think, interestingly, when we looked internally at evolution, uh, you know, a lot of the things that we were doing inside our own organization were things we realized should be a part of our value proposition, you know, for the companies that uh, you know we're invested in. Absolutely, and uh, and I think that it was it's also in, in in just really it's in figuring out where you can add the value, where you can make the biggest impact, and that really led us to this second stage equity uh, capital. It was it was something that you know think about how wonderful it is to. To be part of something that wants to grow, somebody that's very passionate about where they think they can take a business, and and that's where we decided we wanted to spend uh, you know, to, to spend our time and invest our our, our money, and uh, really started with um, with the third company that we uh, invested with, the third partner, and have stuck with that. You know, we think we, hopefully we're getting better with each one, but uh, really stuck with that niche, and. I think Jeff, you know, I, I you know, I love to talk about you know certain kind of moments in in uh, in, in evolution for me, but um, it really was part of a. Uh, I was in an uh, in an entrepreneur forum, and uh, we were talking about the subject about being an, uh, what what's your X factor? I mean, what is it the thing that you can do that that nobody else can do? And then, quite frankly, does it really matter? And uh, I, uh, I I was given the same speech that I heard I hear from entrepreneurs all the time about how evolution can do all this wonderful stuff for for their for these companies and and it was really the uh, the other entrepreneurs in the group that looked at me and said that, that 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 wasn't my X factor the only thing that we did different was invest in little businesses and so Jeff maybe you know really. Uh, Give your opinion of once we decided that that we had to go out and prove to the world that that was you know that we were the one of the few if only groups that were focusing in this space. I mean, it was really in the pursuit of that that kind of led us down this, these next couple of paths. Yeah, sure. I mean, I think that you know our our goal has been for some time that we wanted to be that um, you know that conduit between the institutional investor and the uh, the entrepreneurial market and. Uh, you know, as you well know, Brendan, that our original premise for investing in this space is completely true, that there's a lot of great businesses in this space with a lot of uh, wonderful potential where you can uh, make great returns and have those life-changing events, you know, that entrepreneurs are, are oftentimes seeking. But it's simply a matter of uh, educating the institutional market uh, about what's going on here. But I think, you know, really to do that, you know, we've got to give them examples, and I think we have so far. And and you know, we've we've started. Uh, talking more and more and more about our value proposition and what we want to deliver to these companies, you know, every day. And I think if we can deliver those. Uh, um, those five pillars, if you will, to every business that we invested in and leverage the time and energy of the owner, you know, I think ultimately we're going to have a great deal of success. It really is about hopefully having evolution or uh, deliver 
deliver things, deliver the, deliver the services or so forth that lets the entrepreneur get back to doing the things that drive the value of the business and that they enjoy doing the most. And I, in, 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 in this is something, quite frankly, that Jeff and I have spent some time on from Evolution. You know, we, as Jeff mentioned, we are a second stage company, and we we have we have invested a lot of time just really looking at our X factor, what we think we can do differently. We think we've proven that that we're one of the the probably one of the few committed capital funds, probably the only one covering deals this small across the country. Um, and it's I know it's hard to believe, but uh, we have we have talked to lots and lots of people about this. Um, but the, but the next thing really, uh, you know, is once is, is like we ask all of our other, uh, like all of our partners to do is to really establish their values. I mean, what, what are the things, what are, what, what are the values in which all future decisions will be made on, made, made, uh, on regard to any biz, anything that you do as part of a, a business. And, um, we at evolution. So, so you're, you're, you're talking about core values then, right? I'm talking about core values. I'm talking about really letting, uh, every, everybody know how we will make decisions what the decisions will look like and being consistent in those. And, uh, and I, you know, I think that the, the thing about it is, is, is that both Jeff and I are just truly believe in our values, which are, you know, transparency to everyone embrace evolutionary businesses. So, uh, you know, we want everybody to see what we're doing. We we're, you know, we're not trying to hide anything from anybody. Uh, the second thing is we, we will embrace, embrace this business, um, the third one is always look for a better way, which means that we're never done learning. And um, but once you do learn, you have to then apply it to the fourth one, which is a metic- meticulous uh, process, meticulous dedication of process. And so we, th- you know, we really believe if you have transparency, you embrace this space, uh, you always look for a better way, and you always work it in your process, then you can really look at the at the fifth one, which is really the passion for possibilities. And we try to live by those. And uh, and it really is it's been it's been enlightening. It it it's I remember the first time I learned about core values. It was probably 1999 or 2000 in one of my first EO meetings, and I literally just said, "What a bunch of hooey!" And uh, then it came to me that my God, the successful businesses were doing this stuff. And uh, Right. So, so in every show, you know, we've said to our listeners that we want to provide actionable advice, not this high level stuff that you don't really know where to go with it. You know, we want uh, high level actionable advice. So we've got a few seconds here. Let's hear what it is. Well, I, I think I think really it's it's a uh, it's it's each week we want you to uh, dream about what your business could look like if you had unlimited time and unlimited capital. Remember, it's all about the passion for the possibilities. That's right. So we hope you've enjoyed the show today and join us again next Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. Uh, next week is when we'll begin to dive into the five fundamentals that we deliver, the companies that we, we truly believe each business needs to take their business from good to growth. The first of those five fundamental things we'll talk about is great financials. So more on this next week. Thanks again. Remember to continue the conversation on our blog at evolutioncp.com or send direct questions to us at the second stage at evolutioncp.com. We really we appreciate and Go we ahead. promise to get back to you. We promise to get back to you. If you if you ask this question, we'll get back to you. Go ahead, Jeff. That's right. No, we really appreciate everybody dialing in, and we hope to hear from you uh, after the show and during the week. And we'll promise to pick it up next week and answer the questions uh, uh, that that are given to us. Have a great week, everybody, and and passion for possibilities. Thanks for listening in. Thank you for tuning in this week to the second stage. 
Please join Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson again next Monday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And have a successful week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.